This diehard Eagles week two edition on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code SGP to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an, an advantage over the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, and the NFL back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. Finally, we're brought to you by East per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome everyone to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my uh, two co-hosts, fellow Eagles fan. First up, Justin. Justin, what's happening? How's it going, Sean? Just uh, dusting myself off uh, from this last week's loss. <laughs> I thought you were dusting yourself off because you were like eating a powdered donut and got it all over your shirt. <laughs> I mean that too. <laughs> you might have got me there. You just heard him laughing. That's the other member of the trifecta, Rob. Rob, what's your uh, what's your rage level at right now in the Eagles? Felt like you were peaking. Uh, you were peaking early on in the week. I I I'd say I peaked on Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> I've dropped a little now, but uh, you know, there's always the possibility Sunday it goes even higher. So we'll see. All right. So that's I think that's a good place to start off. We're gonna we're gonna assign blame, uh, take care of week one, recap that, and then move on. What what kind of matchups we like? What do we like out of the Eagles Rams moving forward? Starting it off with the blame game, rank the three main reasons for the loss. Seems like the three big contributors are Wentz, the offensive line, and Doug P. Rob, I'll let you go. In order, who does this loss belong to? All right. Well, you know, this is a tight one. Um, and I went back and forth between Doug P and Wentz as number one. Um, I'm gonna settle on Doug P, and here's why. We knew going into this game, the offensive line was going to be in shambles. Um, There was no surprise, you know, Brandon Brooks was injured some time ago. It was known lane may not play. Um, You also knew miles Sanders may not play, which affects the line in an indirect way. And I just thought that he did absolutely nothing to scheme away from that line. He didn't run any rollouts, bootlegs. Um, So I got to go number one, uh, you know, Doug P I I thought his game plan, you know, not that you can make up for a poor line, but I thought he could have done things to, to kind of minimize the effect of that. And number two is Wentz, Um, you know, fifth year in the league. Now he's got to play better than that. There's no excuses Uh, held on to the ball far too long with his hero ball. You got to throw it away. You got to get it out quick and you can't take, you know, you can't have turnovers uh, that hurt the team. You know, number three O line, they played terrible. Um, you know, part of that is guys that shouldn't have had to be in there. 
Um, you know, missing lanes, huge. It, the statistics when lanes out, the Eagles are, uh, I think a, a 500 or, you know, sub 500 team when lane plays, they're way over 500. So uh, that's the order. I got it. Justin, what are you doing? Is Doug P number one, Wentz number one or O-line? Uh, I think no doubt about it in my mind. Um, I thought about this, but I, it's gotta be Wentz. Um, big reason why is because they were up 17. Oh, in my mind, um, when you're up that high, I mean, you can't be making the mistakes that he did. Um, I was really upset actually with just this whole demeanor on the sideline. Um, I think with a winning quarterback, you gotta be a little bit more confident over there. And when you know that your O lines banged up the way that they are, and there's quite a few new guys in there or um, not as many starters, you got to be talking them up. You got to be giving them confidence and letting them know that, yeah, it sucks that you made the mistake, but come on, we're in this together guys. Uh, we could still win this. And I, I just didn't see any of that from him. There was no pep in the step at all. Uh, once the, once he threw the second uh, INT, it looked like he almost gave up. So I really put a lot of blame on Wentz. Uh, Doug P would probably be next. Um, I he wasn't first just because he did have a decent game plan to start. Obviously, and you could give Wentz some of that credit too. Obviously, to get us up 17-0. Um, so what Doug P originally thought would work did work originally, and then obviously you got to adapt to the game, especially when guys start to go down like they did within the game itself. But um, I would give him second, and then O line third. Um, even though, I mean, eight sacks is still eight sacks. So they still should garner a lot of the blame, but as Doug P kind of pointed out, I mean, it's not always O line. You got to think about a running backs in there, giving pass protection, the tight ends as well. Um, but there you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go Wentz. Number one, Doug P number two, offensive line. Number three, Wentz just, he didn't get it done. That those, that interception right before half kind of was the domino that, that mm -hmm. tipped the game in a certain way. Like, yeah, you can critique Doug Peterson and he certainly deserves a lot, but he, Doug Peterson coached a good enough game to win the, to win the game, I think. And Wentz played good enough to win for like, you know, the first quarter and then half of the second half, and then just lost it in the second half. So yeah, I, I think Wentz you clearly got to put some blame on him and, and the, the majority of the blame Doug P I mean, Rob, Rob just kind of hit on it, but like you, ha you're running five wide uh, and an empty shotgun. It's like no, they're they're just dominating us up front. The four defensive linemen just putting a shit ton of pressure, and you you've seen what that what that's doing to Wentz. Like you have to adjust, and that's what's troubling to me. I, I think why people are so pissed off. A, we lost to the football team. They don't even have a name. Two. It's not like they lost in some crazy heartbreaking way or whatever. Like the way they lost is the same way they've lost in 2018 and 2019. So that's, I think is why people were so um, freaking out about it. It's just in the bad games that we've had those previous past years, it looked identical offensive line. Yeah. I mean, you could say the injuries, but even, even guys that weren't injured, you know, like Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey led up a sack. Like that guy was supposed to be solid and don't even have to worry about him. Jason Peters still looks like shit, uh, but I don't even know what you do there at this point. Uh, you're right. Lane coming back could be what this offensive line needs. And I, I wouldn't, they, Doug P is starting Nate Herbig, or at least that's what they announced. I wouldn't, I think mm -hmm. he's going to be on a short leash. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Driscoll goes in there at right guard who, you know, considering he came in cold and that was his first game in the NFL, he'd never even been to an NFL game before, even as a fan. I don't think Driscoll did a horrible job and he, he kind of stuck with plays when 
when some of the linemen weren't doing that. So I, I, I would move him to right guard over Herbig and maybe that's what they end up doing. Once uh, Aaron Donald bull rushes him a couple times. I, I, I think those are the obvious ones for me and under the radar loss is Fletcher Cox. Like he just, where is this guy? Like last year it's like, Oh, he's a down year. Cause you know, he's, uh, he's working back from injury and yeah, it was a little, but like the dude has no impact plays. Like he's, he, I think by salary, definitely on the defense, but maybe even he's up there with Wentz is the highest paid guy in the, on the roster. Like you can't just do nothing in a game. Crazy. Rob, what's a, what's a reason they lost that people aren't saying enough about, you know, Sean, I'm actually right with you. I got it written down on my paper. I, I had the D line as a whole um, Fletcher Cox being top of that list. You know, I, I can't say they played bad, but for this line that's so hyped up, that has all this talent, you know, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, you know, Hargraves obviously didn't play. He's coming back, but um, I, they just didn't disrupt the game, especially against a, a uh, young QB and Haskins who's had his own struggles. You know, I, I, they were just, they were a non-factor. And to me, that's a, an under the radar reason for the wall. Yeah. You got to figure out a way to turn Haskins over once. I mean, yes, Wentz and the offense shouldn't have turned it over three times, but anytime you lose a, a, a three to nothing in the turnover margin, you're not going to win. And, and their defense actually kind of played decently overall, but uh, I mean, they held him to 3.4 yards per play, which normally you're definitely going to win uh, if it wasn't for the turnovers. But yeah, I mean, there's just so much room for growth, especially out of Fletcher Cox. It's just, I, I, I don't get where he is. And I don't know what Doug Peterson's giving him a rest day during practice. Like why that guy needs to be in better shape or whatever. He needs to work on something. Justin, what, what's a reason people are, uh, what's the reason they lost that not enough people are talking about. I mean, turnovers are obviously there. I mean, Maddox dropped that ball and then we uh, couldn't recover that sack fumble that uh, Haskins had, but yeah, uh, just like a kind of under the radar one that I was thinking about was just the fact that yeah, I know miles Sanders, the, the lack of him has been brought up a little bit, but I just don't think it's enough. Um, I think that would have been just, he could have been such a a dynamic player in there and hopefully given us a little bit more in the run game. I mean, what do we have only 16 or 17 runs that entire game? I think if we could get a few more yards out of a guy, then uh, we have a little bit more confidence to call those plays. But I mean, that would be uh, probably the, the biggest thing out of the radar in my book. All right. Now let's get to it. The real reason why they lost, what mistakes <laughs> did you do as a fan, Justin, to cause this Eagles loss? Cause we all, we all deserve some part of the blame as fans, not carrying our end, not listening to the juju gods, whatever we're doing, not enough. What are you going to do to shake things up next week? So, so Sean, I, I thought I did everything right. I had on my, uh, my Super Bowl T-shirt from when they won, and I wore that the whole season. And then I had my new Wentz jersey on. Um, but I, when you text in the thread, oh, I'm taking my hat off, and then you text <laughs> back, oh, I'm gonna put it back on. I went, oh shit, I totally forgot my hat. I I completely oh, wow. forgot. I forgot my hat, and I I always have it on me during the game, and I don't know what happened, but I didn't have it. So uh, that was my fault. Um, all the Eagles fans out there, I'll take I'll take the L. Sorry, Wentz. Takes a Sorry, takes Doug. a big man. Sorry, you, know, you know, and and much like when Wentz when he went to the podium, he just said, "I got to be better this week." And it's good I to see be that. Good to see that yeah. from you, Justin, as a fan. Rob, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I had a couple slip ups myself. Um, <laughs> you know, I had my normal T-shirt on. I had the the Kelly Green Wentz jersey. 
Um, but I didn't wear the Jersey the whole game. I had it next to me on the couch, which I've done in the past successfully, hmm. but you know, I'm thinking first week of the season, I probably should have had it on the whole game. Uh, so he knew, I, you know, we had the confidence uh, also, I, you know, I probably should have had the jerseys on the dogs. I, I think that slipped, uh, slipped <laughs> Robbie, my mind come on. this week. Oh, Rob! <laughs> Look, I, I'm I'm asking for forgiveness, and uh, you know, we'll make it better next week. Yes, I had the I had the jersey on the dog. I had my Wentz jersey that I wore through the Super Bowl run. I had a hat that I used last year, and and I, I'm starting to think this hat uh, is really more a a curse than a blessing. You guys recall my uh, bachelor party 2018, the lucky hat that I had been wearing from the Super Bowl run of 2017. I left it at the Las Vegas airport. And uh, I, I think the team's mojo hasn't been the same. So I'm trotting out a different Eagles hat. And uh, I'm using that. Using that as like, uh, you know, a step forward, looking, looking to turn the page. All right. So now that we got, we're starting 0 and 1. That's horrific. But moving forward, what as like a season long, what are you most concerned about Justin? Uh, Carson Wentz. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but um, uh, the reason I'm most worried about Carson is I think that the, the season really relies on him. So that's where the worry should be. Um, I do think he can come back. I think he can come back this week and fix some of those errors and mistakes, but he's had this, the issue of fumbling um, since he's come into the league. And I mean, uh, at some point you got to fix that or else it's going to bite you. And it's starting to bite him more than it has in the past. And you would have thought that he would have cleaned those up by now, but he's got to clean it up ASAP or else well, we're going to be in the shitter. And, and, I, and I don't understand it. Like we, in the thread, we're always talking about mechanics. And in 2017, mm-hmm. he had that awesome year where they, they did stuff with the QB coach. He had Frank uh, and uh, Reich and D Filippo grind in him. And he had a almost MVP like season until of course he blew out his ACL. But I, I just don't understand why he's hesitant to take coaching. Like he saw the results when he worked on his footwork, when he worked on his mechanics, but he like, he, he doesn't seem open to going back to that or, or to being coached hard. I think that's part of press Taylor's problem. He's friends with Wentz. Like you need someone who's going to be in there and be a hard ass on Wentz. And like for Wentz, you saw the results. Like as a guy who hosts a podcast, if we had a guest on or, or we did some particular segment and downloads were much higher and we were putting up MVP download numbers, I would keep doing that. Like, I, I don't know what is it, what is going on, Rob, that Wentz doesn't seem to be responding to the coaching. You know, it's a great question, uh, and there's no longer excuses. He, he's not a rookie anymore. Um, I, I think he just needs to get serious, and and I think it, you know, a lot of it does tie back to the coaching. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, you hear reports that when D. Filippo was there, he really rode Wentz about the the mechanics, and and he was really a stickler for it. And and the results showed that year. He was MVP of the league before he was hurt. And I just don't get the sense that whether it's press Taylor or the other offensive coaching staff, they're being hard enough on them. Um, and, and it's a concern. And, you know, that kind of parlays into my other big concern with the season, the season. And that's really the offensive coaching staff. And that starts with Doug. I mean, we had such a dynamic offense in 2017 and, and I'm starting to really think that was all led by Frank Reich and his game planning. And, you know, I'll give Doug, credit. He called the plays, you know, using those game plans. But I just think since then we've, we've lost something with the offense. We haven't schemed to Carson's strengths. Um, you know, let's, let's take the first game of the season. For example, the team literally 
ran one rollout, one bootleg that, that Wentz ran. If you look at the statistics, he is an elite QB out of the pocket and his numbers aren't nearly as good in the pocket. You know, couple that with the fact that you had an offensive line that was struggling. Let's move the pocket. Let's get Wentz out. And and they didn't do that at all. Doug didn't do that at all. Uh, you know, we spent all this time in the off season bringing in all new offensive coachings. You know, we fired Gro, which you know I think we all agree was a good move. I hope so at least. Rob was very happy. <laughs> Rob, they, they Rob finally, threw a party. They finally uh, read. They finally read his letters. <laughs> but quite honestly, you know, you bring all these guys in, Skaggs, you know, you have Taylor, you know, Marty Morningway, and I saw no difference in the offense. It was the same stale offense um, that, that, that didn't play to Carson's strengths. I, I, I think this team needs to start, you know, recognizing that and playing the Carson strengths. And then, you know, I was infuriated this week, and, and you could tell I get so so worked up about this topic with the rollouts and under center and the play action, you know, they asked Doug about this and he, he had some nonsensical answer that made no sense that, well, you can't do a rollout on second down. If you didn't get <laughs> yards on first down, well, what about doing a rollout on first down? What, uh, where's the rule that you can't do this every down? So, you know, I just think they need to take a hard look at the game plan and come up with something much better, much more dynamic. I mean, we have speed in, in Jackson and Rager now, and we have two tight ends who are two of the best in the league. If you scheme that right, how do you cover all those weapons? Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, Rob, but you got to keep Deshaun on play count. So <laughs> I don't know if he can be there the whole time. Yeah, I'll, I, I mean, I'll let you take one. I can't even go there. Uh, I, I mean, he only played 54% of the snaps. I, I don't get it. I mean, hopefully, hopefully what was going on there was because of no preseason, whatever the short off season that they were just babying him back into game action, which I'm not a huge fan of because he seemed like he was running fine in all the training camp videos we saw and stuff. And even on, on that deep ball, like he was down there, there was just a miscommunication a little bit. And even on that, on that Rager uh, bomb where Wentz overthrew him, I guess, according to people inside the building, that was more on Rager a little bit because he kind of slowed down a little bit when he should, he should have just been running a hundred percent speed the entire time. But yeah, really it, Doug P needs a wake up call. And that's really the issue with Doug P Doug P is a player's coach, right? So the positives of that are when their backs are against the wall, they rally for Doug. They seem to really like playing for Doug. But then when you got to be a hard ass on a guy like Carson, who probably needs some hard coaching, it's tougher to get that out of him. Cause he's like Doug P the friendly guy, the guy everyone likes the players that really need to be pushed. And, and when certainly is falling into that, where he needs to be coached up, he needs to be coached hard. And I don't know if Doug or whatever their dynamic is, uh, inside that building, he just isn't doing it, or Wentz is completely ignoring it. But it's like th- there's very clear pros and cons to Doug P, and th- the cons right now are o- outweighing the pros. I, I think that's one piece, uh, uh, something that I'm optimistic about, at least for this weekend, for moving forward. Is you know we've been five and six these past couple of seasons and gotten the playoffs both times because. Doug P and and Carson, especially at the end of last season, found a way to rally, found a way to figure things out with their backs against the wall. I mean, it sucks that it's in week one where it feels like week two is almost already a uh, you know a must-win situation. I think it I, right now maybe we switch courses a little bit, talk about and there were there were a bunch of positives I thought 
from game one. I mean, a, the fact that they at least took those deep shots B, the fact that they, uh, they connected with Rager on that 55 yard bomb. I mean, even that touchdown to Dallas Goddard, that was a beautiful touch pass by Wentz. Perfect ball tracking by Dallas Goddard and Dallas Goddard had a huge game. I think probably one of his best games of his career. No one's really going to think about it. Cause cause everyone else played like dog shit. I, I mm-hmm. overall, I kind of liked what I saw about, uh, you know, from the defense, Josh sweat flashing. That was promising. Uh, Cox still needs to do something, but Darius slay ha- held McLaurin to like two catches for, I, I don't know, 20 yards or something like that. So mm-hmm. Darius slay Dallas Goddard, the fact that they were attempting the deep ball connected uh, once on it. Those are all points of optimism for me, Justin, what do you, anything, any bright spots from that dark, dark game? I mean, Regor, I guess you could say, I know he, he muffed that one punt, which was fine. I mean, not fine, but <laughs> we got back <laughs> on it. So, you know, first game jitters, first punt jitters. Um, and I know he only caught that one pass, but even that for just uh, Eagles fans to not watch a guy like drop their first pass. And after uh, having JJ last season, um, it just looks, it looks nice to have a guy with speed out there. Uh, that was probably, I mean, that was, a, that was actually probably the best moment for me. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, uh, Wentz looked good. That know, first, he, he looked that first, so good until like that interception, 20 minutes of the game. And then, you know, until that, that first interception, yeah, he just looked like dog crap. So, I mean, if there's anything you could take away is like two different games for Wentz. The beginning was great. That pass to Goddard was just it was, it was beautiful. I mean, Goddard made the perfect adjustment, but Carson put it in the perfect spot. It was just, it was awesome. It was beautiful. Rob, let's get a couple bright spots before we move on to the Rams. Uh, No, I mean, I think you guys hit him. Look, Rager, it's great to see the speed. I'm so optimistic about this kid. I think, you know, I think he can just continue to grow with Wentz and, and hopefully we'll get more and more involved. And you know, I'll be honest. I, I honestly, although he get, you know, was partially responsible maybe for the interception. It was great to just see Hightower on the, on the field, yeah. you know, a, a late, a late round pick rookie that actually got on the field uh, the first game. So I'm encouraged by that. Now, was he perfect? No, you know, I think he could have ran a sharper route and it wasn't a great throw. So that goes both ways, but just the fact that he was out there is something that, you know, Whiteside wasn't really accomplishing. Um, you know, Goddard's coming into his own. Uh, I'm, in, I'm certainly encouraged by that. And I, I you know, we have a cornerback. Uh, you know, Slay lived up to the hype game one. It was one yeah. game, yeah. Uh, but he did as advertised something we desperately needed. He took a receiver away. Uh, and I hope he can continue to do that. And, you know, I, I think the other under the radar thing, and, you know, I won't, I won't say I'm an expert on O line, but everything I've reading, I've been reading, is that actually Driscoll played pretty well. Yeah, yeah. For his first game as a rookie, so you know, hopefully that just means he'll continue to grow as well. Even uh, Mylata didn't play half bad either. Yeah, so. good point. Yeah, no, it was good to see some of those young guys because we are super old on the offensive and defensive line, and and unfortunately, maybe this is a season where we start paying up for that. All right, before we get to the Rams game, I want to give a shout out to the presenting sponsor, of course, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP, play when you get paid. Use that promo code and get a 100% deposit bonus. They got it all NBA, NFL, college football, live betting. That's always fun to get in there and bet it live. I mean, if you bet the uh, Redskins when they were down 17, nothing could have, could have made a ton of money there. So. All right, check him out, mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. Moving over to the Rams game. Justin, I'll let you start things off. 
What is one thing we have to see from the defense to beat oh, the Rams? Just that defensive line pressure. I mean, you're going against golf and that's the thing that can kind of throw them off because he's kind of like uh McVay's puppy. So um, if you can, you know, throw him off a little bit and get into his head, then it's going to throw the whole tempo of their whole game off. So that's the biggest thing. Robbie line pressure. What, what do you, what is, what do you want to see out of the defense this week? You know, I think a lot falls on the, um, on the secondary slay and, and some of those guys, you know, the, the, the problem with the Rams and the D line is that they tend to get the ball out so quick with these, these short passes that I worry if our D line is going to have enough time to really disrupt golf, or is he going to be getting rid of the ball quick? So I think we need that secondary to stay, you know, step up. They may have to play a little tighter coverage and just not give up big plays. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I mean, kind of just piggybacking off your point, the, the defensive backfield to come up and press the receivers to uh, kind of disrupt that quick passing game that they did all over the Cowboys. And I, I don't know the Rams. I, I think that game was more about how bad the fucking Dallas Cowboys look, especially on the defensive side of the ball than the Rams. Like the Rams weren't doing anything tricky. They were just running a little hurry up the kind of dink and dunk stuff. The, you know, Jared Goff is able to do it because it's perfectly scripted by McVay. Um, but yeah, I didn't see anything that I don't think the Eagles could handle. And especially what really killed the Cowboys was Malcolm Brown and the Rams running game. And traditionally under Jim Schwartz, we've been really good at stopping the run. So if we can clog the run and, and force Goff into third and seven and plus, I think we'll be able to take care of him. And of course, Doug P owns Sean McVay hasn't lost to Sean McVay. That's something I, I'm I'm optimistic about Justin. What do you want to see on the offensive side of the ball protection? And I think uh, Carson Wentz throwing the ball away. If he throws the ball away, it might be the first time uh, a fan base <laughs> applauds for their own quarterback, throwing the ball away on a possession. Yeah, so that would were, be the biggest thing. I mean, get the ball out, protect and throw the ball away. If you need to Yeah, Don't do too much, that's unfortunate that there won't be fans. Cause you know, even him taking <laughs> yeah. a sack at the right time or throwing the ball away may have gotten a sarcastic applause break from the fans <laughs> in Lincoln Financial. Rob, what do you want to see from the offense? Play, action, rollout. Mm. Let's play to Wentz's strength, move the pocket, and you know, not to mention Miles Sanders is back. So let's get, you know, Aaron Aaron Donald's gonna be all over our line. They're gonna be crushing this line again. Perfect time to get the screen game going yes. with Miles Sanders. Take advantage of the aggressive nature of the Rams' defensive line. Use it to our advantage. Scheme against it, and let's get Miles Sanders going. Yeah, no, I mean that's I, that's totally what I want to see. The running game using uh, being used to set up play action, and uh, and I want to see more of the twelve personnel where Deshaun Jackson's out there for the majority of the game. Him and Rager on the outside, and Goddard. And uh, Goddard and Ertz over the middle, and the Rams actually they didn't. Uh, if you saw, like, uh, I mean, Cowboys had Jarwin, and he went down. But I, I think there is opportunity against this this Rams defense. I think it's going to come over the middle because Ramsey's not mm-hmm. there. So I don't know what the the Rams do. Maybe they just put um, Jalen Ramsey on Deshaun Jackson the whole game and just don't let him do anything. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they put him on Rager. I, I think they would want to stick him on the veteran. And, and I think there is going to be opportunity over the middle uh, with the two tight ends. I, I think Dallas wasn't able to do enough because of the injuries and some of their better receivers are on the outside. But I, I think the middle of the field is where you want to attack. So, yeah, Ertz and Goddard over the middle, get them going. 
any other any other things you want to see, have to see, Justin, out of this team? Maybe some some random thing. I, I mean, I'll start off. I want to see a, a return, like a clean special teams return. I, I think something like that to jumpstart the offense uh, would really be helpful. So I'd like to see something from the return game. Pintani. Uh, it, I know it's super simple, but it's, I'd like to see a little bit more of a run game established. It sounds a little old school, especially in this day and age of football. Uh, but yeah, just Miles Sanders. Um, once again, I feel like he's just always underrated. If it had been uh, Alvin Kamara, not in the, the new Orleans game, they would have talked about that. And that's why they lost. I think miles was a big, big reason as to why we lost last week. And I think um, just him running a little bit more could help us. Rob, this week. What do you what are you looking to see uh, from the offense? I'm ready for the long TD. Um, yeah. you know, we we got close last week. Rager had the 55-yard catch. You know, him and Wentz just missed on that other one that would have been a TD before halftime. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Whether it's with with Rager or Deshaun, you know, let's get one in the books and you know, once we have one that's just going to put more pressure on that defense that they got to respect that speed. Uh, and it's just going to open more up over the, over the middle for our tight ends. Yeah. And that's uh, I mean, that's what I, you know, transitioning out of um, kind of random stuff we want to see and, and heading over to the fantasy thing. I, I really like uh, Jalen Rager and DraftKings this week. He's only $4,100. And we saw <laughs> even, I mean, even Jalen Ramsey uh, luck. I think we got a little bit of a break there, him getting um you know, basically drawing that offensive pass interference on Gallup at the end of the game, and Gallup. Uh, I mean, Rager. I think is a little bit faster than Gallup. So maybe if Ramsey is on uh, Rager, regardless, I, I think he's a fun start in DraftKings this week because I do think they're going to roll coverage to Deshaun and try and lock up the tight ends. Although I, I think, and maybe they just put Ramsey on Ertz. Uh, but Goddard and uh, Rager, those are the two guys I'm really looking to play in fantasy this week. Rager. 4,100 Goddard, 5,000 and Goddard. Uh, I think he was like, you know, 4,500 the week before. So people are on to the fact that Goddard may have a big fantasy season. Justin, who, who, if you had, if you had to start one Eagle in fantasy this week, who, who are you starting? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, it obviously it depends on the league. Uh, I guess safest bet draft just cause he had a bad, a bad week last week, maybe Ertz. Yeah. Um. If I'm going for you know sleeper, maybe I go Ward, just because I think if they do open up the fields, do some slant routes and things like that, uh, maybe he'd he'd get a few more touches and kind of be a little bit of a sleeper for us. Yeah, he's another guy that kind of gets overlooked and, and people even don't talk about him. But he was, you know, he came up with a couple clutch third downs, and and Wentz really likes throwing to him on third down, almost like a you know a, a tight end slash receiver combo mm-hmm. hybrid. And uh, he's only forty two hundred on DraftKings, and you're right, Ertz. He's a little bit more expensive, fifty six hundred. He really only had that touchdown catch. That was about it. Had that key drop, so maybe he yeah, bounces that's back. Drop, yeah, that was that was a backbreaker. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's only six hundred dollar difference between him and Goddard. So that's kind of interesting. Robbie, what are you doing? Uh, you you got to start one eagle in fantasy. What are you doing this week? You know, I was tempted to go Ertz too because I do think. Ertz had a down game and I think he's going to be looking for redemption. And, you know, a lot of people were on him, not only about the the drop, but his demeanor throughout the game too, mm-hmm. especially coming out of these contract talks. So I do think it's possible he has a big game, but you know, I'm going to go miles Sanders. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not a cheap uh, draft Kings pick, but 
I just think he's poised to, to have a decent game. Uh, hopefully, you know, Doug Peterson heard everyone screaming about the fact they didn't run at all last <laughs> week, especially when they had the league. Um, and, you know, I like Sanders out, you know, his attitude coming into the season. It sounds like he worked really hard this off season. Um, I just hope this, this hamstring's not going to be lingering. And as long as he's healthy, I think he could break out and, and have a pretty good game. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a funny point about Doug P. He does seem to respond when the fans and the media just gang up on him and keep asking him to do one thing. Like he actually does seem to respond to that. So we'll, we'll see if it we'll see if that uh, comes true this week against the Rams. All right. We're going to get the final predictions in a second, but before we do want to give a shout out to draft Kings again, Justin, you were there when I won $200,000 with my uh, Eagles heavy lineup. I make sure if you want a free shot at millions of dollars, use that promo code SGP over at DraftKings.com. Download that DraftKings app. Um, yeah, I mean, millions of dollars in prizes couldn't go wrong there. DraftKings.com promo code SGP. Okay, so let's do it. I I came up with a segment called the Eagles Nest. One player you really think will soar to new heights this week as a true Eagle, Justin. Give me your guy that you're predicting having a huge game. Um, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I think it could be, I think it could be Ertz. I think he could definitely have a comeback game. Um, he's always been pretty consistent for us, but with that down game and that drop, um, I just have a lot of faith in this game of, of, uh, making it happen for us. Um, yeah. Ertz Rob, what are we looking at? Who's, st- who's going to step up? Uh, I'm sticking with Miles Sanders. I think he comes out. Uh, you know, he's hungry, missed the first game, and uh, you know he's going to make a difference not only in protection of Wentz, but I think he's going to be a playmaker. I'm going to say uh, I know I called him out earlier in the podcast, but I think Fletcher Cox has a big game. Uh, you know, last Sunday was hot. It's you know in DC. I, I think the weather will be a little bit cooler. He's never a guy that's been in amazing shape. So I think that could have impacted him, but I have a feeling he's going to step up. We've always played well against Jared Goff and the, in particular the defensive line. So I think they could have a big game. Everyone, everyone saw that Rams Cowboys game and they thought it was more about the, you know, about the Cowboys, you know, the, the penalty and whatever. But really I, I think the Eagles defensive line, Fletcher Cox in the middle, bringing some interior pressure, getting Jared Goff off his spot. He's a guy. If you shake him up a little bit, get him out of rhythm. He it's tough for him to uh, succeed with all their like timing routes and everything else. So I think Fletcher Cox has a big game, and it, it can't hurt that Malik Jackson. He actually had a quietly a decent game as well. And then now we're getting a Hargrave back, so I'm excited to see him in an Eagles uniform. I think that will be a nice rotation there at defensive tackle, and, and Cox ends up having a huge game. All right, Dandy Justin. Let's bring it home right now over my bookie.ag. The Eagles have moved to a one point favorite total is sitting at 45 and a half. What do you like there? Uh, if you had asked me mid game or immediately after the game last week, I would have said we were going to lose by at least 20, um, <laughs> but you know, we're getting a lot of guys back um, a ton of guys back actually this week. And after that loss, I think uh, even Wentz is going to be a little bit more level-headed. So I'm thinking we're going to win 24, 18. Oh, okay. Interesting uh, score total there. Rob, what are you, what are you doing for 24, the game? 20, uh, 24, 20 Eagles win. 
Uh, I think everyone's going to look in the mirror. Most importantly, we have Lane Johnson back uh, drastically increases uh, our chances of winning. And I think, you know, I think Doug has no choice, but to uh, get a little more creative this week and uh, hopefully listen to these 60 offensive coaches we brought in. <laughs> he's got to, he's got to do something. I'll, I'll call it. I'm going to say 28, 27. I, I would, if you're betting the Eagles, I would take the money line because I think this is going to be a close game. Rob, is it true? There's a rumor that you actually bet on the Rams for week two. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I, uh, I, I will not admit or deny. <laughs> well, if you got them at Rams plus two and a half earlier in the week, there's a nice middle here for you. And that's what I'm predicting. Rams 27 Eagles 28. So uh, I, I think they get the W, but it's, it's going to be another nerve wracking game as it always ends up being. All right. Any other, uh, my lock on the NFL podcast, the NFL picks podcast week two with bill Burr. That's out. Make sure you check that in the more in the main sports gambling podcast feed for all our uh, picks, best bets there. I took the Packers minus six at home against that banged up Detroit secondary as my lock uh, outside of the Eagles, Justin, any other games you're betting on? What feels good from a line perspective here? Oh man. Um, you got me to, you got me too early. I tried to look yesterday and uh, I still couldn't decide on anything to put my money on after last week's losses. I don't, I don't have the confidence to put out a pick right now. I apologize. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> just, pick one game, Justin. I, you don't apologize. Step up to the plate. Cardinals laying seven at home against the skins. KC laying eight and a half in Los Angeles. I'll take the, what, what are the bucks laying like eight and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the Bucks eight and a half. Okay, Panthers. I think Tom's gonna have a good game. TB bounce back game. Yeah, I I took the Panthers, but I could see it. I could see them rolling Tampa Bay. I'm not feeling great about that game, but fantasy, I definitely like them. And now I thought Godwin was gonna be out. It looks like Godwin will actually play, so that'll help uh, the Buccaneers as well. Robbie, one game outside the Eagles. You're already thinking about betting. Oh man, I, I'm adjusting. You caught me a little early in the week here, <laughs> but um. Let me think. I, you know, I, I'm gonna say I, I, I like Seattle against New England. Yeah, um, my, minus four. I think Seattle's hot. You know, I, I know Cam may be good for a running touchdown or two, but their passing game was kind of limited. You know, I, I, I just like that. I, I think Ruck, Russell Wilson plays well in big games. They're finally letting Russ cook, and uh, he's actually played well against. Belichick in his uh, three games, I think 888 yards passing eight touchdowns, only one interception. Of course that one interception was in the super bowl. And of course I had Marshawn Lynch to win MVP. And if he gets the goddamn ball at the one yard line and gets that second touchdown uh, would have been all gravy, but Russ I'm on that Seahawks as well. Minus four. This has been the die hard Eagles podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. Thanks for tuning in. Shout out to Rob, shout out to Justin, and shout out to SGPN for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Sean, stacking the money green. Let it ride. <laughs>